man, I'm glad you guys are here today. And we are kicking off. If it's your first time at Hope, we're glad you're here. If it's your second time, you made it back again. If it's your third time, just keep coming. You've been here long enough to make this place your home, so keep on coming. We're glad you're here today. We're kicking off a brand new series called A New Way to Be Human, A New Way to Be Human. And if it's your first time, we want you to know you're welcomed here and you're wanted here. We don't know where you've been, but we're glad you made it here today. And we believe that the best is yet to come. God's got a great plan for your life. And um, I've got some guests here today in town. Um, they're in town for the national championship, which is tomorrow night, all the way from Clemson. Um, Rachel, they're Clemson fans, which, which, which whatever. Um, but Rachel and Alvin are here today. Can we welcome them together today as coming to be a part of us, hanging out with us? It's cool having friends um, from college that just some, some, some way or another, we just stayed connected. We weren't Super, super, super close with uh, Rachel and Alvin. We only met Rachel, but the last three times uh, they've been in town, they call and say, hey, let's get lunch and let's get a meal together. And um, every time they come, we have more kids. So I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're done. We're done. Four is plenty. If you have more than four, you are God's chosen one. And um, so I'm glad they're here today, and I'm glad you're here today. Today's going to be a great day um, in the house. If you have a Bible, flip over to Mark chapter 8. Got something I want to share with you today that I think that will help you for 2017, Mark chapter 8. And um, I want to help you, help you, help you, help you today. I want to help myself. I've been working over, God's been working me over and over again through this message. I've already had to apply it three different ways, and God keeps on speaking to me and talking to me, and I keep on changing things and trying to change me. And, and so we're glad um, that you made it here today. This is going to be the next three weeks are going to be the power, it's going to be a power of three weeks. So we hope you can come for three weeks to get this full series in, and uh, we're going to make sure we have a good time every single one of those um, gatherings. It's almost time for community groups to start, so it's an exciting time for us around our church, and um, so we hope you make plans to be a part of all that we have going on over the next three weeks. And i got some CrossFit family here today, from, um, so I'm glad to see you guys there, to see you guys all over the place, my friend Whitney, and um, a handful of you guys. We're glad you guys are all here today. Um, <clears throat> I, um, I have this moleskin, and um, I'm not a moleskin guy. How many of you guys are your journalers? Where are all my journalers at? Just put your hand up by your face. Yeah, yeah, there's only, okay, there's one of us. Awesome. <laughs> Tough crowd. And uh, so I, I brought this moleskin today, and um, I really brought it more as an illustration. Uh, Diana and I, Diana's dad, um, for probably about four or five years ago, gave me um, this uh, poem called I Am an Idea. And basically the whole premise around this um, around this. Um, around this poem, basically, or around this, this writing, was that we, that a lot of ideas never, ever make it into fruition. A lot of ideas never, ever happen because they never get written down. And if they never get around, typically we forget them, or maybe we don't forget them because they didn't get written down, or maybe just, they, just, they just vanish, they disappear, nothing ever happens to them. And so I was, he's always encouraged me, hey, be a writer, write some stuff down. And just yesterday, he and I sat down, um, and we were talking through... Um, just some church stuff and just I was asking questions and I just realized this if you're if you write some stuff down you have an opportunity to remember some stuff so how many of you guys this year you took out a pen and paper and you wrote down some resolutions for 2017 anybody want to put yeah just yeah a few of you guys yeah hands everywhere you can tell we're not a Pentecostal church I'm having a hard time getting you guys to raise your hand this morning um be okay if we were a little bit more Pentecostal but I mean some of you guys are like I'm a Baptist my hand goes no further than here and it's like locked in there, like so tight, you know? I'm like, it's okay to raise your hand. Uh, Derek got you guys warmed up for me. I mean, you just got to throw that thing up there like you just don't care, you know? And so, 
I, I, I took out this journal, and um, a lot of people this year, they'll take out a journal, they'll take out a, uh, maybe some of you guys are iPhone people, and you took out your notes and clicked on iCloud or however, whatever note you write, and you start taking notes for how are you going to have a better 2017, and, and some of you guys are like, man, I, maybe on your notes you wrote, I am so glad that 2016 is over. I'm looking forward to 2017. 2017 needs to be my year. The best is yet to come. It needs to come right now. It needs to come ASAP. And so, but basically when you take out that piece of paper and you begin to write stuff down, basically you're saying is I want a, I want a new way this year. There's got to be a new way for me to exist this year. There's got to be, a, we use this phrase, a new way to be human. I, I need something new this year to get me through this whole entire year. I've got to do it differently. And if I don't do it differently, things aren't going to work out that great. So we write down some stuff. Maybe some of you guys, you put, write down some physical goals. I'd like to be able to do this. I was, I was at the gym the other day, and um, it was, it's full. one of the whiteboards. There's like five whiteboards at, the, at our gym that we go to. And Lee's like, hey, what's your goals for 2017 in this gym? I'm like, I'm just trying not to die every workout, bro. And he's like, no, you gotta, that's not a good enough goal. I'm like, speak for yourself. It's good enough for me. And um, he's like, what do you want to do? And I said, I, I'd like to be able to do a, um, when you watch these CrossFit games are about coming up soon, you see a lot of guys doing these, these, hand, these headstand push-ups. I'm like, I'd love to crank out a couple of those, you know. And, and so I, I left the gym and came back the very next day, and I realized that he had written something extra that he also wrote down there, a muscle-up. Well, a muscle-up just sounds like what it is. It sounds painful. And so we write down these physical goals. Well, I Googled uh, top goals for 2017. There wasn't even 10, uh, the article I read. It was five or six or seven. But some people said, man, I want to be more organized. I, I like to be more, more efficient. I, obviously, you know, physicalness, physical goals were on there. I want, to be, I want to be a little bit better physically. I want to maybe not eat as much trash as, as possible. One of my, uh, my wife said something very funny the other day. I, a couple of our guys that we work out with, I invited them to go out to eat with us. And, the reason why I work out is because I like to eat whatever I want to eat. That's why I work out. Running, eating, I just, I want to eat whatever I want. So I go run, I go burn the calories off. And so um, one of the guys is like, oh, I can't go to, I can't go to five guys. I'm eating clean. And my wife wrote, back, wrote down, five guys has plenty of napkins. And so that's kind of our picture of eating clean. We have napkins to be able to clean our face off with. But you wrote down a bunch of goals. But basically when you wrote down those goals, you basically said this. I wrote down this in my notes today. Is, I, I, you, you Pretty much, this was, your, this was your thought process, okay? And I'm entering into your world for the next three, next three weeks. You're like, I didn't give you permission. You're here. You gave me permission. You're basically saying, I want my actions to change in 2017. I want to have different actions. I want my, my habits. I want, to, I want to look good or whatever. But you're basically saying, I'm going to change my actions. Because if you're going to look better or whatever it is that you want to be, you're going to have to change your actions. I'm going to change my actions in 2017, and then you went from there, and you were like, okay, cool, I'm going to change my actions in 2017, and you took it one step further, and the next thing you basically said in your, in your, in your uh, mind is you said, I want my mind to change in 2017. I want my, what happens in here, I want this to look different in 2017. I need this to work differently. In our, in our gym, we always say this, if your mind can conceive it, your body can achieve it. It's a miserable saying, but now it's stuck in our head on repeat. But we go from having this, I want to change my actions in 2017, to basically saying, I want my mind to change in 2017. And then you, you go one step further. And here's the make or break for a lot of people. You have to ask yourself this question. Is this, this third thing or this kind of this third determination, or this third question or conversation you have to keep on having with yourself in your mind is, is will my heart change? In 2017, 
Will the deepest down, innermost being of my core, my heart, will that have enough will determination to get myself, my mind to say, hey, you're going to do this to, to the place where you're like, you, you look back and you say, man, my actions are different. And what we want for you as for our church, we want for this community is we want to have hearts that are right. We want to have the right kind of heart. That's what God wants for all of us here today. God is not, when you, when you, when, when we read the Bible, you can type in the word heart and go to YouTube, go to, um, go to Google today and write down verses with the word heart in it in the Bible. And you will see verses come up. Just heart, 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 heart. God wants your heart in 2017. That's what he wants for you. If you have a Bible, you're like, okay, cool. He's going to read the Bible. Cool. <laughs> Mark chapter 8. I want to illustrate it for you a little bit better. And the best way I know how to illustrate that to you is to use the Bible. Mark chapter 8. And if you have a Bible, cool. Um, we're using the New Living Translation. If you, if, you, if you just click on translation on the top and hit NLT. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you a Bible today. And uh, we believe the Bible is God's word. He speaks. He lives in it. And he can change your life um, with this very single words that come from this book, the Bible. So if you have a Bible, Mark chapter 8, verse 31, the Bible says this. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. So basically he's telling them, hey guys, I'm going to die. Awesome. We're all going to die, by the way. In this room here today, one out of one people die. That statistic is 100% factual. We all die. Every single one of us, uh, Dewan, who, who played drums for us, he came from Tampa this morning. He said, you know, I saw a car accident. Two people died on the way here this morning. Diana last night was telling me about a friend of ours, uh, a, 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 um, a, a mutual friend. Um, this guy, he's a ministry guy. He, he goes around preaching and teaching the Bible. His 16-year-old daughter died in an accident yesterday on a, on a four-wheeler. And people will die all the time. That's, there's no, no one will disagree the fact that every one out of one people die. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it's appointed for man to die. And in the end, there's judgment. The Bible tells us that. Statistics tell us that. Being alive long enough to know that happens. But the reality is that everyone dies. But Jesus says, hey guys, I'm going to die, but don't worry, I'm going to come back in. He's telling them, I get down the cross for your sins. And they're like, that's new news, Jesus. This is weird. Like, it'd be weird for me today to tell you, hey, guys, I'm going to die this week, okay? I want to get you already. I'm going to die this week, but don't worry. I'll be back in a couple of Sundays. <laughs> that would be weird in here this morning. You'd say, this church is stinking weird. What is wrong with that guy? But Jesus said, hey, guys, I'm going to die, but don't worry. I'm actually going to come back again. So he keeps on going a little bit further. Verse 32, as he talked about, as he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Now, this guy is the gutsy disciple. He's like, Jesus, come here. It'd be like me being a kid, say, my dad's in the front. It'd be like me, it'd be like me being 15 years old. I'm like, hey, dad, come here. I need to get on you about something. <laughs> come here, son. My dad would slap me, you know. I'd get up a couple days later, you know. The point is, he's going to Jesus. Jesus, the guy who called him to be a disciple, he's like, Peter's like the spokesman for the disciples. He's like, hey, I need to talk to you about something, Jesus. Don't say that. There's life, I could see Peter thinking, man, Jesus, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. <laughs> Don't speak that over your life. You can, you can do better than that, Jesus. And he says, hey, I'm, verse 33, Jesus says, Jesus turned around to him, he looked at his disciple, and he reprimanded Peter, and he says this to him. This is the biggest slam in the Bible, one of the biggest slams. There's a couple of them. Get away from me, Satan. 
He said, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. He says, hey, Peter, dude, be quiet. You're not seeing this thing right. And I think you and I can relate a lot with Peter because we don't see things from God's point of view. We like to see things from our point of view. We like to, not even from our point of view, we like to see things the way we want to see them. We actually make up sometimes the way we want to see things. We just decide, hey, that's the way I'm going to see it, and this is the way, I'm, I'm gonna, this is the way we're going with it. And this is the way it's going to be, and we're going to talk about our mind next week. We're going to talk about having a mental model next week. But we begin to see things the way we want to see them. And we begin to tell ourselves certain things, but he says, hey, man, you don't see things the right way. And here's why we live lives that are always upside down and sometimes chaotic. He says, we don't see things the way God wants us to see them. We see things the way we want to see them. And it doesn't work out well for us because we're not the creator of ourselves. God's the creator of ourselves. So it's hard for us to see things the way that God wants us to see things because we like to see things the way that we want to see them. He said, you're seeing things from a human point of view, not from God's. Verse 34, he says this. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he says, if any of you guys want to be my followers, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. Verse 35, if you try to hang on to your life, this is so important, hang on to these next couple of verses if you can. Kind of take a mental mind shot if you can. Maybe take out your phone and take a picture of this verse or write it down. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. This is a weird verse when you're 13, 14 years old. Maybe it makes a little bit more sense now that you're older. But he says here in this verse, <clears throat> if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose your life. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you're going to actually save your life. So let me get this straight. If you give your life, you're going to lose it. And if you give up your life and say, God, you can have my life, I actually get to keep my life. It's very, very confusing at face value. But Jesus basically says, if you try to live for yourself, if, Wes, if you try to live for you, and Wes, you try to build your kingdom. And Wes, it's all about you, Wes. And you live and you keep everything that I give you, Wes. And you say, it's all mine. It's me, me, my, my, my. If you live for yourself, Wes, you're actually going to lose your life, Wes. That's not going to get you nowhere. You're actually, you're going to end. Your life will end and it won't end well. But the Bible says in this verse, if you actually give your life, you say, God, I'm going to submit my life to you. God, I'm going to surrender my life to you like Derek was leading us through a moment ago. God, I'm going to surrender my life to you in 2017. I'm going to surrender my life to you tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And every time I'm going to surrender my life to you, God says, you actually get to keep your life with that model. You're like, man, that's confusing. It's confusing because culture is louder usually than the Bible. But it makes sense to us to do what we want and do what, us, what makes us feel good and do what we want to do. But the Bible is very different. The Bible says if you want to lose your life, keep it. But if you actually want to keep your life, surrender it to God. Give your life to God. And that's how you can get through 2017. That's why you can be a new human. Is if you just say, God, this is not my life anymore. I get that. I, I want to submit my life to you, God. I just want to go where you want me to go. I want to do what you want me to do. Here I am, God. Just use me. I'm just a vessel. I'm just a I'm just going to manage what you give me, and you're the owner of me. I'm just going to do whatever it is that you want me to do. And he says, he says here in the very next verse, verse 36, and what do you benefit? Hope Church, friends that are visiting today, friends that have been here for a long time since day one of this church, what do you benefit if you gain the whole entire world, but you lose your own soul? What do you benefit if you gain everything, but your heart's not right? The inside's messed up. The inside's screwed up. And there's just, what do, you, what do you benefit if you gain everything 
that everyone tells you that you have to gain, or maybe what you tell yourself you have to gain. What do you benefit if you gain all these things, but you actually don't have everything right with your soul? Here's what he says in verse 37. Is there anything worth more than your soul? Is there anything out there that's actually worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns to glory and his Father with the holy angels. He asked him this question today. Is there anything worth more than your soul? Or what do you benefit if you gain the whole entire world but you actually lose your own soul? The actual, how is your heart? I have a, a guy I listen to uh, almost every week. His name is Judas Smith. He wrote a book out called How's Your Soul? How's Your Soul Doing? Basically what happened was he was starting to text his friends, how's your soul? And they were like, that's weird. <laughs> if I walked into you today, some of you guys first timers, I'd say, hey, man, I want to ask you a question. How's your soul? You'd be like, another cult. I freaking found another bad church. <laughs> like, I'm out of here. You guys, you, you've done it again. God, I'm trying to give you another shot. I walk into 2017 to this church in a gymnasium because I've been invited by some other person or I got it. And I get here and this guy's asking me, how's my soul doing? It's such a weird question, but it needs to be a question we start asking ourselves more. We have to ask ourselves, how's our soul doing? How, how's, my, how's my heart doing? How are, how are things really going? It's so much more than, hey, how was your week? Oh, it's good. Fine. Bye. It's like, hey, how, is your, how are you doing on the inside? I wrote down this, this phrase in my notes kind of in this, in this progression is what, what's in my heart will eventually come out. It's going to come out. Whatever's in my heart, it's going to come out. So it actually matters how your heart's doing. It actually matters what's in your, in your deep down in your soul. It actually matters how your heart's doing because it affects how you go out and live this life. Whatever's in your heart is going to come out in your actions. And whatever's in your heart has got to be put there by one of two choices. You're either going to let the world fill your heart or you're going to let God fill your heart. Those are really your only two options. I went to um, CVS this week and um, I hate these boxes of chocolate. <laughs> and here's why. This is the reason why I hate them. I'm going to be honest with you today. Obviously, I'm, I'm honest every week. And it's just, I, there's just so many things in here that I don't like. Like I just... How many of you, I mean, it's, this guy's a genius. Whoever Russell Stover is, he's rich, by the way. This is not cheap. <laughs> no, actually, it wasn't as bad as that was going to be. And I'm such an Amazon guy. Now, I, now I'm price checking with Amazon. I walk into CVS, pull out my Amazon account. I'm like, let me see if this is actually a good deal or not. I was listening to a guy the other day. So the guy that created Amazon, he's almost the, the, he's almost the top, of, top of the world's richest people. He's, he's in the top, but he's almost taken over. He's almost at the number one spot. He's really close to it. But Russell Stover, he's close because he's selling a lot of these chocolates. But there's so many random of this in here. I don't like dark chocolate. I like, I like light chocolate, like Wesley kind of chocolate, like light chocolate. I don't, not only do I like light chocolate, I like, I like, I like caramel. I like, I like caramel chocolate. I, like, I don't like the dark chocolate. I don't like when they put strawberries. If I want strawberries in my chocolate, I'll just go buy strawberries and I'll go buy chocolate. I don't need you putting this in my chocolate. I don't need that. I don't, you know, I'm confused. Do I, if I have to get strawberry chocolate, do I go to the fruit aisle or do I go to the candy aisle? Like, I don't need that. There's so many things. There's so many different kinds of chocolate in this. And this is the easy one. The bigger these hearts get, the more random garbage they put in these things. And here's what I realized. If we're not careful in here today, 
with our hearts and we're not careful with where we're going and where we're headed and what we're putting in is like we can be filled with so much random garbage. And the sad thing is this, that when we're filled with so much random garbage, we start to believe the random garbage. You, can, you don't have to say anything, but just nod your head. That's, we do that. Or if we're not careful, sometimes our theology, we can get our theology from Facebook. I see some of the most stupidest posts on Facebook. I'm in a season, I like to call it the unfollow season. What I like about it is I think it's still Jesus-like, Travis, I'm not sure. It's not defriending, because that's not compassionate. It's just unfollowing. It's just a nice way of saying, you post stupid stuff. And if I see you, I'll hug you, but I don't want to hit the like button for any of the garbage you post. It's weird, I saw a guy post this the other day. It was a picture of his kid, but it was attached to lyrics of a Christian song. And, and, I, and I, people, I see people post like, this, this, is the, this is my whole entire world. I'm like, that's 18 years of your life. It's a kid. You know, this is going to sound very anti-mom or grandma-ish. But it's your kid. And it's, you, I, I love it. I, you, the posts change. When you see, I, I wish I could hang on to all these posts from these parents. I have one kid. You know what I'm saying, Connie? They're like, life's easy and life's great and Christian song this and we're going to Chick-fil-A today. How, try taking twins to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I see moms, I see, I see, I was, we were at um, Gaylord Ice the other day. That was called Gaylord Palms Ice thing there. And, and this mom, I don't know why these moms do this, but my mother-in-law did. But they, they, had five, they had four kids under the age of five. That's like the death sentence. <laughs> it's just like, you're just, there's, you don't have a hope. And I, I need a, one little piece of thing I need to say out to you guys because I'm, I'm almost there. I used to judge a lot of people. I quit judging. I tried my best, Whitney. But I used to judge the parents that have those backpacks on that they hold the kid by. But I'm telling you what, man, I'm researching them because I need two of them. <laughs> those, with twins, two-year-old twins, I need leashes on those things. I'm afraid they'll drag me like I see some people like with big dogs dragging them. But I need this because my kids are at the age where they're just, they're getting, they're fast now. And they're like, we try to put them in the stroller and they look at us like, bro, we're past the stroller stage. But we can get so much stuff from Facebook. It becomes our theology. Or maybe not Facebook. Maybe we go through, maybe you don't get your theology from Facebook. Oh, I'm anti-Facebook. Well, I was at Publix today, just, um, just this morning and. And maybe you get your theology from those awesome magazines right there at the cash register. Whoever people is, he's rich too, by the way. <clears throat> we grab these magazines and we're like, oh, 10 ways to be happy. Or so-and-so did this. And so-and-so did this. And so-and-so did this. like, well, if it worked for them, it has to work for me. And I think so many times we get so, we get so caught up in living our, these lives that are filled with all this random garbage and we can't see left or right through all of it. We can't even find the, can't find the good in it. Because you're like, man, I'm even confused. And then with these things right here, they, when they, as the boxes get bigger, there's actually like a, a cue card that you have to follow. <laughs> and people like me with ADD, like, you're like, I just forget it. You're just like, I'm just going to, I just like try them like half a bite, spit it out and keep rolling. But I think so many times in our life we get to the place where we start using this kind of method where we just kind of like, we just pick and choose and kind of 
If I'm going to put that in my heart, I'm going to put that in my heart, I'm going to put that in my heart, I'm going to put that in my heart in. I'm going to try to form this perfect heart, and I'm going to roll the dice and see how well it works for me. And what happens is, is you get to 2018 or 2016, and you have the same heart that you had back in 2012. You're going, and you're moving, and your actions may be changing, but your heart is still stuck back years ago. Years, months, I don't know how long ago, but your heart never got into the next. Or we want to be in tomorrow. We want, we want to have that. We know where we want to be, Wes, but we're just still, we're not quite sure because our, heart's not, our heart hasn't caught up with our actions yet. And so we live in this turmoil every single day of our lives. So I want to give you a couple things. I think there's two I wrote down, I think there's two types of hearts. And you're like, man, this guy's so simple. I had a long list of kinds of hearts, but I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta streamline this. But I think there's two kinds of hearts that I wanna kind of write down for you today. I kind of want you to write down. I think number one, the, one of the hearts that you could have today is a healthy heart. You may be in here, you, you, you may have a, a healthy heart. And, and listen, I, I don't want you to think I'm foolish because I've lived long enough to know to, to make sure I kind of give a disclaimer for almost everything I say. But here's what I realize, and here's what I know. Life is a bunch of seasons strewn together. So right now, your heart may be batting a 1,000. You may be like, I'm healthy, bro. I am like high-level functioning. I'm, 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 at, I'm at my A game right now, Wes. My heart is solid. Like, my heart is it's primo. I've never had a better heart than I've had right now. My heart is good. I mean, I feel whole. I feel satisfied. I feel like I'm, I, have, I have reasons for living. I feel like I'm, I woke up in 2017 and I'm going, and my heart, is, my heart is really, 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 really healthy. I'm doing really well. And then I wrote down this second thing. I believe maybe, I think the majority of people, we have a hurting heart. There's healthy hearts and there's hurting hearts and they run in seasons. And right now, you're like, man, I am just devastated. I, my grandpa, um, you guys already told you guys this, but I, we called him Poopa. And the more I say it, the less embarrassing it is. Um, and I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, and I'm confused. Like, I don't know if that's a black thing or if it's, I've never heard a white grandpa named Poopa, but so I don't know if that's a black thing. So I'm going with it's a black thing. So my, my Poopa, my grandpa, we call him, we call him Poopa. Well, he... Every, for as long as I, I know him, mean, he was fried chicken, hot sauce, smoked cigarettes. As I got older, and I, and I got older, and at that point in my life, and I was, I'm, I'm a middle school kid, elementary school, I just, I wouldn't hang out. I remember the first time my dad took me over to my grandpa's house and said, all right, you're going to stay the night. You're going to go fishing tomorrow with Poopa. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. And my Poopa's like, hey, tomorrow morning we're going to wake up early, which it's cool to wake up early when you're a little kid. When you get adult, stupid. 5 a.m. is not, not even God's up at 5 a.m. So it's like getting up early. I'm not even sure why people do that unless God wakes you up. And there's, so, I, you know, there's a, he's like, we're going to wake up early. And I remember my grandpa, my poopa saying to me, we're going to have coffee. It's going to be awesome. We've never had coffee before. He's like, you're going to love it. It's going to put hair in your chest. I'm like, I'll take it. Whatever it comes with, I want the full deal, you know? Like, I remember waking up that morning drinking coffee. It was nasty. I remember my grandpa saying, hey, we're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to go fishing. I remember getting in that boat, the boat I used to just play in. I used to climb in that boat. 
it was Doc right by I climbed that boat. I used to pretend like I was, we're going to go out on Lake Jessup. That was a good idea when you're young. You don't know it's like the number one gator-infested lake in Florida when you're a kid. Like you, you're like, now, like, you drive over 417, like, as a, as a 34-year-old adult. I'm on 417 past Lake Jessup. I'm going, like, 95 because I don't want that bridge to fall. I don't want those alligators to get me, you know? And I thought, man, I just, this guy. But I remember as I got older, at that point, middle, elementary, middle school, I, I'd never had a grandparent ever, ever die. But I remember one time my grandpa, he, he had a heart attack. And he had a heart attack because he had a hurting, hurting heart. And I, I love stubborn people. I love them because I can relate with them. But I remember, I remember him stopping smoking after that. But typically people that are they're smokers and they have a heart attack, they always go back to it. They're like, I don't, know if my, I don't know if this theology was like, I'm going to die anyways. I've lived a full life, so why not keep the party going? You know, fried chicken, hot sauce, and cigarettes. We're good to go. And coffee, which I think coffee actually makes you live longer. I think it's the official drink of heaven. That's just my personal opinion. Whatever it's worth, you can have that. But I just believe he got old and he got, his heart began to, it wasn't, it wasn't healthy. It was, a, it was a hurting heart. He couldn't keep up with the. Uh, and he, he died in peace. I remember the day, I've said this a thousand times, but my grandpa died the day after Thanksgiving, my senior year of high school, in his sleep. That's a good way to go. Like, you don't want to die drowning or on Lake Jessup fishing. <laughs> you, you want to get old. You know, you just want to get old and you just want to wake, not, you just want to, I think you just want to not wake up the next day. I, and by the way, this is just a freebie. Like, I don't, I, when I get old, I don't, I want God to take me home before I have to have my wife or my kids push me around in a wheelchair. I'm like, God, just take me home then. I just don't want anybody to push me out. I'm so independent. and I don't want anybody babying me. I don't want anybody washing me. I know I'm far away, but I'm just kind of preparing you guys for when I get older. We'll still be here having church. But I think for some people in here, say your heart, it's just, a, it's just a hurting heart. And that's just hurting. It's just not, not functioning at the level at which... It should. Jeremiah um, 17, verse 9, the Bible says that you don't really, oh, that's a quote. Um, and it's Jeremiah 29. It's mi- that's mixed, by the way. It's okay, leave it right there. But th- I saw this quote yesterday. And uh, I had a friend of mine, she posted, I had a surgery a year ago. But basically she said this. This is not Jeremiah 17, I know this. But it says, here's what she posted. You don't really realize how bad you're feeling until you get the feeling fixed. You don't really realize how bad you're feeling until you get the feeling fixed. Some of us in here today, their heart's hurting. You really don't know how bad it is until you get it, until you get it fixed. Jeremiah 17, 9 says that the, that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? So if you're in here today and you're like, man, my heart's hurting, you really don't know how bad it's hurting until you actually get it fixed. Like, Wes, what does that mean? We're going we're to explain to you that in, in just a moment. There it is. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who can really know how bad it is? And I want to give you another verse in here today. Um, that's Jeremiah 17, 9. The Bible says in Psalms 51, 10, I want to switch over to talk to you guys. How do you have a healthy heart? That's what you want to know. That's what you should all want to know. How do I have a healthy heart? Psalms 51, verse 10, David lived a raunchy life. He, he had a hurting heart, raunchy, raunchy life. Murder, adulterer. I mean, the guy just, just went through a season of just, 
just sabotaging himself because his heart was wicked. And he got to the place in his life. And Psalms 51, if you ever deal with guilt and shame, a lot of, which a lot of people do, if you ever struggle with that, guilt and shame and, you know, and, and, and pushing yourself down and, and not being able to feel like, feel like God can forgive me of all my sins, just read Psalms 51. David was at the worst season of his life and he gets to the place in Psalms 51 10, and he says this, God, he says, would you create in me a clean heart? And he says, renew a loyal spirit within me. He basically says this, would you draw my heart closer to you? Could we sink in, God? Can I just lock in with you so tight? Can you just, can you actually just shift my heart closer to you? You know what David knew? It'll be up on the screen for you saying, David knew this, that a healthy heart can only live in a healthy environment. A healthy heart can only live in a healthy environment. Some of you guys in here say you want a healthy heart. You, you do, you, you want that. The Bible actually says it this way, that God, that God says in the Old Testament that God actually put eternity in your heart. He actually put it in you to actually want to have a healthy heart. The problem is that most of us go around living lives, never living health, having lives that are healthy and having healthy hearts because we're taking our hearts to unhealthy environments. We're filling it up with bad, 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 bad smells, bad, bad toxins. Um, we go to the, our gym is next to a cleaning service. I don't want to say the name of the cleaning service because some of you guys may work for them. But at, a, at about, it's like eight, nine, and 10 are the classes that we get, five, six, seven, eight, nine are the, are the classes for CrossFit. But like at about 10 minutes left of the class, six or seven ladies always come out and have a cigarette. And it goes in the gym, like you could be in the middle of a workout and just be like, smoke just like hit you like a ton of bricks. Getting your heart rate up and trying to breathe and, and trying to lift weights and then having a bunch of smoke fill you up, that's not good. That doesn't feel good, it doesn't smell good, it doesn't, it's, not, it's not good for you. And I think it makes us tougher, honestly, Lee, but we're surviving, we, we're not like how normal I am, we're making it. But here's what I know. This is, those two things don't really mix well. They don't really go. Smoke in your lungs where you're trying to that's just not a good, that's not a good environment. And in your life in here today, if you want your heart to be right, you want your heart to be close to God, you, you want to have the right heart, you want to, you want to just live this life full of guilt, uh, um, without guilt, without shame, with love. You want to love people authentically. You want to love people right. You want to have compassion. You want to have all the things that, that just seem right about our society, the things in our, our life, this generation calls it, it I, I don't really like it, but a lot of times people are like, oh, this gives me the feels. Like you want to have a thing, you want your heart to have all the feels. <laughs> I'm like, that's stupid. Like, do you want your heart to be right? Because God's so much bigger than a feel. He's a life transformation, transformation, life-giving person. You want to have a heart that's just right. The only way to have the heart that's right is to have it, a heart attached to a good environment. To, have, to be in the right environment. And the best environment you could be in, the best environment your heart can have is one that's just so close to Jesus. Where he rubs off on you. He rubs up on your heart and he, he takes the cruddy things out of here and he just throws them out and gets rid of them for you. Because some of you guys in here tell you walked in 2017, you start yanking this stuff out of here. You start yanking out like, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. You start yanking them all out of here. And God wants coming in with God and having a heart, a right, a heart that's right. God takes the, the infirmities and the sicknesses and the stuff that doesn't even, he takes it out for you. It's such a different kind of theology when you try to get yourself right, 
than when you let God get you right. We've said this from day one, we don't wanna have a church where we help you have behavior modification. That's lame. You can change your behavior for a season, but there's no thing you can do to change your heart. There's only one thing that can change your heart and make it last forever, and that's Jesus. You have to attach your heart to the environment called Jesus. You gotta be in a healthy environment. I don't know your environment of your heart in here today, but here's what I do know. If those of you guys in here today, your heart is healthy, it's because it's in a healthy environment. It's just the way it works. If you're in a season of hurt right now, you're like, man, my heart's hurting, I don't feel like I'm functioning at full level. I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not doing as good as I think I should be doing. I just, I'm, I'm anxious, I'm, I'm frustrated, I'm in a season of depression, or I'm season of this, or this season of this. It's probably hard because it's probably the, the environment. We've said this a few weeks ago, but you're the product, you're the average of your five closest friends. Tell our youth group, show me your friends, I'll show you where you're headed. You're the product of your environment. Five closest friends, I can tell you. If all your friends are doing well financially, your five closest friends are doing well financially, I guarantee you, you're probably doing well financially because you're tr taking tricks from them and they're teaching you and you're bringing on. If you're healthy right now and all your five closest friends, they came out 2017 out of the gates and they're running and they're healthy and they're doing really, 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 really good and you're, they're doing fine. If, you, if they're all doing well, you're, you're probably trending with them. We have a couple not here today at our church and their two kids, they're out watching their, they're watching their, their uncle run the, the Disney marathon. And let me give you one more thing to let you know about the, about the difference between, just to go back where we started from. I, sometimes I do this. I buy all the things that will help me change my habits. For example, I'm like, I need those Nikes right there. If I had those Nikes, I would run more. I'm sneaky. Like I, I, if I get those Nikes, I, that will, I'll actually run, I can run further and faster than those Nikes. I'll begin to tell myself that. Then dumb me, I'm like, I need an Apple Watch. Because that will motivate me to run out and go out and run. I can track my stuff. I've never tracked my stuff before. Why would I want to track it now? But I convinced myself, if I get an Apple Watch, I'm going to be able to go out and, well, guess where I'm at now? I see my friend post a picture. Um, they live in Arizona. And it's a picture for a watch. It's a cool, trendy picture, you know? Cool yoga pants, running pants. They're not really yoga pants now. They're just all-purpose wear now because they're wear everywhere. But they have the yoga pants. And she's got her cool Apple watch, and it's got the shoes. I'm like, that's a cool picture. I'm like, so I was telling my friend, I'm like, yeah, how do you, I got to go run. I'm like, because it just looks cool to run now. I got the stuff. It looks cool. Like, I got to go, now I got to go run. Well, here's the kicker about Apple. They're, they're smart. So here's the deal with the Apple Watch, with, with the Apple Watch. I, I was in my car the day and I was listening to a sermon. And I'm like, I'm gonna watch, I'm listening to it from my, from, my, from my phone, from my watch. I can answer calls in here. I can text with my mouth. I, I can answer phone calls. Like, it's great, but you can't go out and run unless you have wireless headphones attached to this thing. I'm like, geniuses. So you know what I need now to make me go out and run? I have to have wireless Beats headphones. <laughs> I have to, like, I just have to, like if I'm not gonna be able to go run if I don't have the shoes, I don't have the watch, and I don't have the debt, and I don't have this. You know what's gonna make me run? Honestly, it ain't more stuff. It's me deep down inside saying, I'm gonna go out there and do this thing. 
I'm going to get up and run. I don't need a watch. I don't need nobody to track me. I don't need it. I just need to go out there. I need, the only thing that's going to make me run is for me to get up one morning, put my shoes on, and go out there and run. That's what's going to make me run. That's it. That's it. That's, all, that's what's going to make me run. I'm, I'm going to make Fraley run a, run a, um, a 10K with me in a, few, in a few months. I'm going to make him. That's going to help me too. Like I sign up for a race. That always, that always helps me. The only thing that's going to make you right is not more, because the Bible says you can gain all those things and it's going to, you can lose your soul. The thing that's going to make you is having a heart that's right. The thing that's going to make this year different is if your heart's right. The thing that's going to make you different is if your heart is right. The only thing that's going to make you different in the right place that you go is if your heart's right. But your heart's got to be in the right environment for it to grow. Here's what I know. I don't know a lot about hearts, but I know this. It comes to a point in your life where you have to stop putting the junk in, the bad stuff in your physical heart. You need clean oxygen. You need the right amount of oxygen. You can't be eating bad trash. You can't have your, 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 um, your blood flow and your veins full of all kinds of toxins. You gotta start, you gotta clean up. If you have a bad heart, you gotta start fasting or stopping putting the garbage in. Because if you do that, you keep putting the garbage in, it's just, gonna, it's just gonna keep on pumping dirty, filthy, bad blood. Can I ask you a question today? What is it in your life that you got to stop putting in so you can actually have a clean heart and have a healthy heart? I heard a guy say this is just this week. It's actually harder. Take this for whatever it's worth. It's actually harder to do the wrong thing than it is to actually do the right thing. Process that for a moment. Have you ever thought of that before? It was mind-blowing to me. It's actually harder to do the, the wrong thing than it is actually to do the right thing. For example, God tells Jonah, Jonah, I want you to go right over there, buddy. All right, God. Right over there, God. Yeah, got it. He's like, all right, cool, God. You want to know how far he had to go where God wanted him to go? 500 miles. That's a long way on, your, on feet, camel, etc. You know where he, 500, 500 miles, you know where he went? 20, he was headed 2,500 miles the opposite direction. Can I ask you a simple question today? Is 2,500 miles further than 500 miles? Yeah. Is that going to be more taxing to go 2,500 miles than it is to go? Absolutely. We're going to try this year to take our heart where we want to take it. I got this, God. Watch it. I can put the, I can do this all on my own. Or instead, we can say, God, here's my heart. You can have it. Do what you want. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that seems like a better option to me. If you think that's a better option, just give me like a little nod. Like, doesn't it seem like it's better just to be like, hey, God, I want a heart that's right. Can you just make it right? Giving your heart to God is the best environment. But, but a lot of us are going to say, I'll get this. And we'll just be throwing out chocolate, crappy chocolate, taste testing it, 
trying to use the map that we can't even understand? And what if we figure it out on our own? God, I can get here. God, I'll get ahead here. I can make an extra couple thousand dollars here. And so I'll just, I'll put some money in my heart, God. That'll make me feel better. God, if I'm just gonna work here, I'll, I'll get the job that I want, God. And that's gonna make my heart. And we just start being adding all these things. And meanwhile, we could be right over here saying, God, here's my heart. You can have it. Whatever you want, God, I'm yours. The good news about our church is this, is at this point in the moment and this right now where we're at, is you get to choose that. You don't have to leave saying, man, Wes wants me to give my heart to God. I have to give my heart to God. You get to sit right there in that seat right there as an adult and say, I'm gonna give my heart to God today. I'm gonna let him take away all the pain and all the hurt. Or you can say, that was inspiring. And I laughed a little bit and had some coffee. It was good because it's Dunkin' Donuts. And, um, and that was good. I may come back next week. I may not, but I'll process it a little bit. And um, maybe I wrote it down. Maybe I didn't write it down. And I'll roll the dice and see where they land. That's, your other, that's the option. Or you can say, God, you can have my heart, and I'm just going to roll with this. I don't even know what all that means, but I'm going to go with it. But I know this. I want a healthy heart. I'm going to take that route. You want to know how far Jesus is away from you right now? right next to you. And he's saying, hey, I'll take the heart. You're like, oh, I'm screwed up. Yeah, he, he specializes in screwed up hearts. Like he's, he's pretty good at it. Like if you think heart surgeons are awesome, like God created the heart and he created your mind and you're so like, he knows how to fix it. Trust me, he knows how to fix it. I'm gonna invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.